It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We love saving you money and we love companies trying to save the world. And at Ball Aerospace and Technology, they've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while other major companies have just talked about it as workplace idealism. And right now, they're looking for production technicians and they're paying $27 an hour to be a part of this iconic brand. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG, and will have you feeling as good as I've been since I use their CBD-infused coffee. Helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. And plus, they give you zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day like I typically do. And now, new users can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. Please support them because they've been supporting us for years. And use DNVR25. That code will get you 25% off. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got to talk about, of course, the Rockies shakeup of the coaching staff that has taken place this week. There's also been a shakeup with the San Diego Padres as they've announced on Thursday their new manager, as well as a few other things in the Rockies world, including the latest with Top of the Rockies series that recaps the entire 2021 year for the Rockies. And we know the World Series is going on right now. It's 1-1 between Atlanta and Houston. I've got some really good fun facts and my thoughts on how the series has been going overall, as well as some interesting trivia to go along with the World Series history. We've been doing it here for close to 120 years, 1903 being the first World Series. So there's a lot of really interesting things that have gone down other than what transpired in 2007. Those of you that are following along with our Twitter account at DNVR underscore Rockies, know that we've been pumping up the 14-year anniversary, if you will, of the Colorado Rockies. And uh, at the time of this recording here on October 28th, unfortunately, this was the day the Red Sox polished off the four-game sweep of the Rockies. But, you know, everyone has been positive in their memories because, yes, we know that Colorado lost, but there were so many great memories that were had for people who were able to go to the game for those who were able to welcome the world series to Colorado. That's a big deal that the Seattle Mariners have yet to experience. Think about that. 
Seattle goes out in 2001. They have put together one of the best seasons of all time, and yet they don't even sniff the World Series. So obviously everyone's waiting for the first win in the World Series, but we know those were some pretty special times there in 2007 regardless. Coaching staff got a little bit of a shakeup. We heard on Wednesday's show, of course, about Mark Wiley's retirement as the pitching coordinator and Steve Foster stepping aside from his job as the pitching coach for the Rockies to take that position as the pitching coordinator where you think of the pitching coach as being the the top dog, right? Because he's in the majors, but it's very similar to the manager in the dugout for a team and the general manager that oversees the entire organization. So Foster has been on the field now for seven years. He's seen some things, he's experienced some success, some failures. And now I feel, you know, GM, Bill Schmidt is really looking to create a much better synergy throughout all of the minor leagues, throughout you know the entire organization. And one of those things is, is actually going to be about winning. And we saw that this year. We saw that with the success of Spokane and Fresno, as well as the Complex League and the Dominican Summer League. I think this is going to be a trend that continues. It's a, it's a trend that we saw become really successful that for that 07 and 09 group that went to two postseasons in three years and went to the World Series in 07, of course, but also that 17 and 18 group that was able to win a South Atlantic League championship. Carlos Estevez, Kyle Freeland, all of those guys, I was able to interview towards the end of the year, knowing full well that, okay, Fresno, Spokane, they're going to the postseason. What what does it mean for these players as they come up through the ranks with each other? Not just because, hey, you're my brother. We've been on the same team. We've been developed along the same lines. But we know how to win with each other, and we want to win for each other. And we've seen those guys go out and go above and beyond and make those sacrifices, maybe for their development a little bit, but for the greater good of the team. And that's going to be a change, I I think, that could be – Uh, very legitimate towards possibly bringing more success to the big league club. If, if players are getting used to it down in the minors and it's more about winning than it is just developing your individual skills, then I think that can translate to the major league level. Again, if that's just starting right now, there's still going to be a few years until that type of winning takes place at Coors Field. Daryl Scott, of course, bullpen coach last year, he'll take over Steve Foster's role. So, We need a new bullpen coach here in Colorado. We also need a couple of hitting instructors because Jeff Salazar and Tim Darty are out as the assistant hitting coaches. Dave Maganin will uh, retain his job for the time being. You know, we know Colorado can be very loyal to their guys and parting with someone mid-season isn't always ideal. It has happened before. We saw that with Clint Hurdle in 2009 before Jim Tracy took over and led the team to the postseason. So I think Dave Maganin might be on a short leash going into this season. So that will be a storyline, certainly to keep an eye on if Colorado's bats get off to a sluggish start. And, you know, they, they start the year in L.A. and then San Diego, which, you know, sometimes can be a bad thing, obviously coming from altitude going down to sea level. But the thing about it is they're not – 
coming from altitude, right? It's, it's, they're coming from spring training, just as the Dodgers, just as the Padres are. So that could be something that benefits them somewhat slightly to start the year. They do open at home against the Dodgers, then four against the Cubs, three against the Phillies. Cubs, not sure how much they're, they're going to be able to rebuild themselves. Phillies are, of course, going to try to attempt to get back in the hunt for the NL East. Uh, there are also two games in Texas there. So first couple weeks for the Rockies will be very important to see if the team gets off the ground offensively and if Dave Magadan really does have to worry about his job. The guy who doesn't have to worry about a job right now is Bob Melvin, who is no longer the manager of the Oakland Athletics as he's accepted a three-year offer from the San Diego Padres. Ron Washington, Ozzie Guillen were two guys we know that were tied to this position. Ozzie Guillen did interview for the spot, obviously being a Latin American manager himself, having having a lot of success in the past. And uh, Walt Weiss, you know, we talked with Drew Goodman, and, and he may have been tied to that position as well. But But Bob Melvin is the guy in San Diego. A lot of success with Oakland should bring a lot of stability to that team in Southern California. And it could be more troublesome really to think about what might be coming with the Oakland athletics organization. You may, you may start to see some people with rumblings about, you know, if this is going to be the first domino to fall in a major way in an organization that already has trouble doing business, right? We, we, you've seen Moneyball. We know what's going on with the organization and when one of their most important people at the top of the food chain and Bob Melvin, who really is able to keep it all together, despite the fact there's so many new people in the clubhouse each and every year and there's such turnover. Now that he's gone, what does that mean? What does that mean for Oakland? They're trying to get out of the Coliseum. They're working towards possibly getting a new facility, a new stadium there in Oakland. and. We're just going to have to wait and see what they do. So that that now means there's another position open up uh, as a manager here in the West, in the AL West. Marcus Simeon, it was also announced on Thursday that he has now hired the Boris Group, or the Boris Corporation, run by Scott Boris, super agent. Now, besides having Marcus Simeon, Boris already has Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon from the top of the starting pitching food chain, Chris Bryant, Michael Conforto, who could be a guy that maybe fits in with Colorado. We'll see if his asking price is a bit too rich, but he's going to be a player that we're going to have to discuss this offseason as Colorado looks to add some power to the outfield. But now the Boris Corporation has both Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Trevor Story, uh, of course, has Excel Sports as his agency. And so, you know, I found this story just to be a little bit interesting because one thing that Boris does is he, he gets those, those clients at the top of the food chain to try to start the market and build the market. And with him having now half of the big name shortstops, right. I'm, I'm going to exclude Javier Bias for right now, because I think he has a lot of, a lot more questions and a lot more value that he needs to raise up. So He'll probably be signing a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal. That's very incentive-laden. But with now half of the big long-term options at shortstop, with Boris 
I think that could be something that ends up ultimately helping Trevor Story's market and hurting the possibilities of him returning to the Rockies with that $18.4 million qualifying offer, which is sure to come down at some point next week. That will that decision will have to be made within five days of the end of the World Series. And after this weekend, you know, we're we're gonna get through game five and and should Houston or Atlanta win the next three games, well, that's gonna it's gonna speed up the the clock just a little bit as far as those decisions go. Top of the Rockies has been really fun to write and, and to be a part of this year to cover the 2021 season in a unique way. And everyone that's been reaching out, members, and and even those of you that just follow along on Twitter, it's been great getting your feedback on what you think have been, you know, the best players in, in particular spots and the best performances. And that's really where we we opened up the top of the Rockies series with best performances. Number one for hitters was, of course, Ryan McMahon with three home runs and 14 stolen bases early early in the season on April 6th against Arizona. hit two against Luke Weaver, one of which was on a 3-0 count. He actually did that a couple years prior, also against Luke Weaver. It was a 13-inning affair that McMahon actually ended up getting a couple more at-bats, a couple more opportunities to make uh, history and, and become the first Rockies player to ever hit four home runs in a game. It was the first three home run game since Trevor Story back in 2018. That feels like yesterday that he was going down to one knee, hitting one 505 feet or so it was measured at the time. It's since been readjusted via stat cast to 487 feet. But three home run game for Ryan McMahon was huge. The 22nd such game of three or more home runs. In fact, of three exactly. And and the other guys I wanted to shout out were two fellows that also had multi-homer games. C.J. Crone, two homers, seven RBI on August 8th against Miami. That started off his hot month that ended with an, a National League Player of the Month award for Crone, as well as you know a nice little contract that he got just before the postseason started, two years, $15 million. But also Garrett Hampson, a two-home run game with five RBI, on September 12th against Philadelphia, really doing it on both sides of the ball in that game. And maybe one of the more underrated finalists that I had for best performance was Charlie Blackman. He went three for four, two doubles, a triple, no home runs, but he factored in all four runs in that game on May 30th in Pittsburgh. You might have remembered that game just a little bit. You know, they were they were down. 3-2 going into the ninth. He ends up driving in the, the tying run, ends up coming around to score on a chrome base hit. And the one statistic I'll, I'll point to, and we don't talk about it much, but it's one that's growing in fondness for me, and that's win prob- wins probability added. Win probability added, excuse me. And that's ultimately looking at a situation a player is in. It's almost a, it's almost a clutch tool right it's a clutch factor uh whereby you know if you if it's a blowout if it's a 10 nothing game you could hit a grand slam guess what that's really not worth anything as far as contributing to a win it's not much of anything but you might have two rbi 
in a game in which you're down one nothing and a pitcher is just absolutely dominating against your team and you're on the road. And so by the time you get to the plate with a runner on base in the top of the ninth, there's about a 90% chance the other team is going to win. Then you hit a two-run home run, and now you flip the odds, and there's about a 70% chance, let's say, for your, cha- for your team to win. So you factored in all of it in that at-bat. You got that thing to work. And so big win probability added for Charlie Blackman in that game. And I, I, I can remember us talking about it in the postgame and about how he, he lifted the team. They were going through some real hard times on the road, and that was a game that Charlie just threw the team on his back and got it done in a major way. And no home runs, you know, the, just the two doubles and the triple. And so it can certainly get overlooked, but when you take a peek at how clutch he was at that time, not even thinking of the context of the fact that they were playing so poorly on the road at that point in late May that it, it really elevates it. So I had to give him a shout out. But Ryan McMahon, best performance of the year with his three home runs on April 6th. Very thankful to have been at that game and to have seen that. Very thankful for all of our members who have been coming out to the bar to watch parties. We had abs and nuggets on Tuesday night. On Saturday, we've got the big Halloween party where there's going to be some great prizes out for the top three. If you're there and you're dressed like Trent Krim from The Independent, I, I will most certainly have to buy you a Breck beer because that's that's my guy right now. I'm in the midst of a, of a big big Ted Lasso binge, so enjoying the the, uh, the Krimster, Trent Krim. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, some wonderful watch parties going on all season long with the sound on, which really creates this amazing atmosphere with all you awesome fans out there, Avs, Nuggets, Broncos, and more. We've got happy hour now from three to six with these amazing Brussels sprouts. I have to point out, even if you're not a big veggie person, you have to get these Brussels sprouts. It will change your view on Brussels sprouts. You may not want to eat Brussels sprouts going forward. You may only want to get it at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York, but you may say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm getting some greens in my diet. And if it's only at the DNVR bar, that's okay. We won't hold that against you. Remember, new members can get in on it for 50 cents. That's it. 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. And if you want an annual membership, you're going to get a free t-shirt from dnvrlocker.com. New members get a bigger beer. We're going to upgrade you there. And, and we're going to have a good time on the corner of Colfax, New York. So make sure you hang out there. And not too far from our front door is a Solus Meds because they've got four locations, one of which is just blocks away at East Colfax and Solus Meds for the entire month of October. They've got some smoking hot deals. Only a few more days in October left, so you gotta check it out. 25% off their gummies, some Solus bars, the Solus sticks, extractions, 1906 drops, all of that, 25% off. They're always hooking it up. Colorado's premier dispensary is Solus Meds. They've got a location in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, and the two in Denver, as I said, just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. And there's one also on Broadway. And right now, if you head into any of their locations, you'll actually get a free Solus bar or King Cone when you mention the DNVR 20 code. They are delicious. And that's any location of Solus Meds. Just mention DNVR 20. And you'll also receive 20% off. And you'll get that free Solus bar or King Cone. 
If you're pressed for time, you can check out their menu ahead of time online. It's S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com. You can order online and then pick up at your own convenience. Just make sure you mention code DNVR20 to save your 20%. And DNVR members, make sure that you're using DraftKings Sportsbook so you can make some money. D, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they've got an offer every fan needs to jump in on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL game, on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do win, you get $200 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. Five for 200 in free bets. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for big payouts. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. On the pitching front for top of the Rockies, of course, that one was a certifiable slam dunk. It was Herman Marquez with his near no-hitter on June 29th, also against those Pittsburgh Pirates. Man, Charlie did it to him. Herman did it to him. At home, too, trying to be the first man to ever throw a no-hitter at Coors Field for the Rockies. Of course, we know Hideo Nomo did it for the visiting Dodgers. And since then, here, we're going on almost 25 years since we've seen it. And so hats off to Herman Marquez. And just a fantastic performance. Even if you want to look at game score, it was the best. It was, you know, better than Kyle Freeland's near no-hitter. And, of course, if you want to say, well, how deep did Marquez go with it? You say, okay, well, well, Freeland bested him, right? He was able to get that one out back on, I think it was July 7th of 2017. I remember sitting in the upper deck watching that game and just being a fan with the Rockies wearing those camouflage caps and Freeland really trying to hold on to that no-hitter and trying to hold on to the shutout, which ultimately did not end up happening. He had to come out after giving up that first hit. But Marquez was able to stay in the game, complete the game, and complete the shutout. And so it was it was fantastic. And you know, it wasn't his only performance going that deep without giving up a hit. I think he learned a lot from his previous start in Seattle, if you recall, on June 23rd. Similar performance, eight innings pitch. He gave, did give up a run, only two hits, and talked after the game about how he felt like he was that close. He felt like he was just a little bit short, a little bit shy of what it needed and what it took to throw a no-hitter. And I think that's one of the that's one of the bets that I think you got to put some money on this year, whether it's on DraftKings sportsbook or whether it's with a friend is that Marquez can get it done and throw a no-hitter. If not, in 22, definitely in 2023, because I think you learn something. I think you begin to develop a certain skill set or an ability to understand 
if and when you've got something special and how sharp you need to be each and every pitch because some of throwing a no-hitter is luck. When you go back and look at all the players who have thrown a perfect game, there's going to be some names in there that you don't you don't really know very well. Now you look at no-hitters and you look at players who have thrown multiple no-hitters, those are all names you know. Nolan Ryan, number one, right, with, with seven career no-hitters. Randy Johnson, Scott, three. Bob Feller, three. You know those names, but perfect games, they are even harder to come by, and it involves that bit of luck. Tom Browning did it with the Reds in the late 80s. Philip Humber with the White Sox a few years ago. And, of course, Dallas Braden doing it. So there's a bit of luck involved in it, so that's going to be with that's going to be out of Marquez's control. But I think he's going to be able to harness that and, and get it done. He'll have that day whenever it may be. And that's, that's why when Marquez is on the mound at Coors Field, that is a day you got to go out. You've got to go to the ballpark that day for the chance for him to throw a no-hitter and say, I was there. I was at that game. There's going to be a lot of people saying they were at it. There's going to be a lot of people talking about seeing the game live. But they were watching it live on AT&T Sportsnet. But you were there. That is why Herman Marquez is must-see. And you look at his stats for the remainder of the season, and overall you look and say, yeah, he was about as good as he was in 2020, maybe even as good as he was in 2019. So overall, you know, did he make much growth? You know, he did in some ways, and in others he didn't. But that start against Pittsburgh at home on June 29th was fantastic. Also, of course, game on the road, Antonio Senzatella late in the season. Seven innings pitched, no runs against the Dodgers. Got to give it up for Austin Gomber as well. Eight innings pitched, no runs June 14th against the Padres. That came during that span where he was simply one of the best starting pitchers in all the game. I think a 1.29 ERA over the course of about seven starts from the middle of May to the middle of June there and encompassing that start at home against San Diego, who we didn't know at the time necessarily that, you know, they were going to really be struggling and scrapping, but nevertheless, that's, that was a great lineup and Gomber got it done. And, and he also gave us a taste of some things to come in the near future with him on the Hill. Now, 21 world series, one, one, Atlanta, Houston, maybe the biggest story, at least for me, to come out of this series so far is the grit, the temerity, dare I, of Charlie Morton, who takes a line drive off the leg, fractures it, manages to throw 16 pitches, face three more hitters, still goes back out the next inning to try to do the damn thing, on a broken leg. That is the kind of competitor he is. Of course, he's out for the rest of the World Series. He's, you're not going to heal a fracture in a handful of days. Tucker Davidson added to the Atlanta roster as an injury replacement. So that's going to be a major factor. It's somewhat of a, uh, you know, a Pyrrhic victory for... Atlanta in game one, excuse me, I said game two, but in game one, Morton taking that line drive off of the leg, and it's a pyrrhic victory because they may have won the battle in game one, but they may lose the war 
because of it. They're already going in game four. That's that's a pivotal game. That is going to be the pivotal game of the series. Usually it's always game three. And again, there's still a lot of importance on game three. And Dusty Baker has had has struggled in his game threes. But game four is going to be huge because that's a bullpen day for both teams. Both clubs have already said it's going to be a bullpen day. Now Houston can actually counter. If they want to go back to Jake Odorizzi, who was good in game one, they can do that. They also have Zach Granke, future Hall of Famer, waiting in the wings. And then they can go to their bullpen if they need to. So you like those odds a little bit better for Houston. And then when you compound the fact that they don't necessarily have Morton to go in game five, should it go game seven, they won't even have him to, to come out of the bullpen late a la Madison Bumgarner or even Max Scherzer. They won't have that. And so that is a big Big loss. Of course, that reminds you. Well, it might not remind you, and it doesn't necessarily remind me because I'm not that old. But if you know your baseball history, you know in 1967, similar thing happened to Bob Gibson in in July of that year where he took a line drive off the leg against Roberto Clemente and tried to continue on. And ended up, I think he ended up pitching in that postseason. So he recovered somewhat quickly or at least sucked it up a bit. So that's a shame that we're not going to see Charlie Morton try to do a little Bob Gibson thing there, just not enough time. Houston winning these games in blowouts all postseason. They've been winning by large margins when they are winning. And how much of that credit do we have to give to Reggie Jackson? Little to none. But Reggie Jackson, you know, you've probably seen him going around with his Astros cap on, with Mr. October embroidered into the side of the cap. It's actually been employed by Houston this season to basically just watch Jose Altuve. Just watch this guy who continues to compile these amazing postseason performances. Now 22 postseason home runs tied with Bernie Williams for second all-time. Manny Ramirez, of course, first with 29 home runs. Now keep in mind, you think of those names and you go, oh, Manny Ramirez, he's not a Hall of Famer. We know why. We know about the performance-enhancing drugs. Bernie Williams, who's that? Hey, don't blame you. The number's retired by the, uh, by, the, by the Yankees, but he was one of those Yankees guys in the late 90s who was there every single year, so he got all of those opportunities. Where's Babe Ruth? Where's Lou Gehrig? Where's Johnny Bench, the guys from the Big Red Machine? Got to keep in mind that once 1995 rolled around and you had a wild card team, you now had an additional playoff round. Before 1969, there, there wasn't even a championship series. It was just whoever won the most games went to the World Series. And that was your postseason. The postseason was literally the World Series. That's it. That's it. Rockies roll around. Now the wild card. Now we have a division series. And now we even have the wild card game. And last year in 2020, during the pandemic shortened season, they added a wild card round. So that threw in a handful more of games. And so the more opportunities you get, the more the odds are going to be in your favor that you're going to have a lot of whatever counting stat you're keeping an eye on. So Altuve has been great and Reggie Jackson's keeping an eye on him like he did with Derek Jeter so many years ago. 
you, you've got to give it up for the foursome that Houston has. Those guys that have been around since 2007, as much as you might hate to do that. But Altuve, Gurriel, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, those four guys have now played 69 games together in the postseason. Now one more than the group of Yankees from 96 through 2001 of Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, and Paul O'Neill. 69 games they've played together. And as infielders, because Yuli Gurriel actually played a couple games in the outfield back in 2017, but they played 65 games as infielders together, 25 more than the Dodgers quartet of Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Bill Russell, and Ron Say from 74 through 81. So they keep getting opportunities. They keep doing it. Guriel has 16 postseason hits this postseason, 67 lifetime, only Albert Pujols, who you got to make sure you listen to him. Really good interview on the Drew Goodman podcast that dropped on Thursday. Make sure you check that out. He has 87 postseason hits, most all-time. Tino Martinez with 83 and Garvey, 75, are the only ones who have more than Ulieski Guriel. Carlos Correa, 54 postseason RBI. Only Bernie, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Jeter, and David Justice have more RBI than him at this point. And the dude has not even hit free agency yet. That is wild. And Bregman, RBI, opens up game two. He now has driven in a run in 12 of the 14 postseason series that he's played in. So this... This group of guys, they're they're going to be around for a little while longer as well. Altuve did sign a long-term deal with the Astros, so he's got a way to go. Correa will wait and see what happens in free agency. I had predicted that he would resign at some point during the year or at least during spring training. That didn't happen. He still might end up getting paid by Houston. Bregman also signed that long-term extension, just like Altuve, Gurriel, Signed, a, I believe it was just a one-year deal for this season. So uh, going forward, it might just be Altuve and Bregman, but bottom line, these four guys are doing some historical things with this franchise, despite the fact that they have not played very well at home at Minute Maid Park. I have some interesting statistics that we kind of forget when we think about home field advantage. Does it still exist? What definitely exists is damn good beef from Hassel Cattle Company. So damn good that we've now are serving it at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting Hassel Cattle Company's Wagyu beef burger in our bar. It is mouthwatering before, during, and after. It's fantastic. Make sure you add it to your own refrigerator at HasselCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L. Use promo code DNVR10 at checkout for 10% off every single time. And don't forget, two, orders of $200 or more do, does get you free shipping. But again, HassleCattleCompany.com. Use code DNVR10 at checkout for 10% off. Ball Aerospace and Technology. They've got the arena and they've got a beautiful workplace, right? Because they've got a culture of belonging that's been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got 100% corporate equality index score. So it doesn't matter your background, whatever it may be. Even if you're not a native, doesn't matter. It will not prevent you from being successful there. They're looking for people with technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum, 
aluminum cans and bottles, easy for me to say, but easy for you to do because all you need to do is text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions at Ball Aerospace and Technology. It's in Golden. It's a beautiful location. Anywhere you drive, pretty much in Colorado, you're going to have a beautiful commute, but it's going to be even more beautiful driving into Golden and working for Ball. You can also go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. It's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. Be a part of something bigger than yourself. Speaking about being big, Manscaped is a way to make sure that you don't cut yourself while shaving. You've heard us talk about it for years, and you know it's trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And by this point, you know Code DNVR is going to get you something. This time, Code DNVR is going to get you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Anything you want to order on the site, whether you want to get the performance package that's loaded with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear, Nose, and Hair trimmer, the liquid formulations, the free gifts. Even if you only want one or two of those things, you can get them separately and use code DNVR for 20% off. You can get that. So spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at manscaped.com using code DNVR for free shipping and more importantly, 20% off. Well, I teased it there going into the break. The Houston Astros were two and eight at Minute Maid Park during the World Series going into Game 2. That loss against Atlanta in Game 1 gave them a five-game losing streak at Minute Maid Park. Unbelievable. Now, that is, of course, because in 2019, in that World Series, the visitor won every single game. The Nationals won in Houston, and the Astros won in Washington, D.C. In fact, It wasn't until Houston won in Game 2 that we had a home team win in the World Series since 2018. Game 3 of that 18-inning extravaganza between the Dodgers and Boston at Dodger Stadium. As I said, 2019, the visiting team won all seven games. And in 2020, well, it's a neutral site. It was at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. So it's been three years since we've seen a home team win a ball game. Does that, is that streak officially snapped? Could we see Houston win the next three in Atlanta? I think we could. As I said, game four is a bullpen game. So that's 50-50. And game five, you know, Atlanta doesn't have, doesn't have their dude, doesn't have Charlie Morton. So really, if Houston can win game three at that point, that be, it's a must-win game for Atlanta. Snitker has got to win that game. He's got to find a way to coax a victory from his young boy, Ian Anderson. He's got to get that done or else it might not go back to Houston. Don't know. Don't know. Would love to see seven games again in the World Series. What a treat every single time. It was also a treat in game two, seeing Jock Peterson against Max Fried. Two players of Jewish descent facing one another for the first time in World Series history. That had never happened before. That was wonderful to see. It was wonderful to see Freddie Freeman get an RBI on a sacrifice fly. He's got 941 in his career, all with Atlanta. And finally, he has his first RBI in the World Series. Only 10 players have ever had more RBI with one team 
without recording one in the World Series. Ernie Banks, of course, we know is uh, a man who never got that opportunity to play deep into October. Of course, Mr. Cub. We, we think of the Cubs now as being a, a successful organization, but throughout almost the entirety of their life, we know from 1908 to 2016, they did not win a World Series and, and played in very few in between them. Ernie Banks, number one. Jeff Bagwell. Yeah, he was still a part of the Astros organization in 2005, but he was hurt, so he didn't play. Jim Rice, Edgar Martinez, Luke Appling, Don Mattingly, Lou Whitaker, and now Joey Votto. So Joey Votto is now at the top of the list of players with the most RBI with one team of active players. Who's number two on that list? The Jersey boy, Mike Trout, with 816 RBI. It's followed by Kyle Seeger. We'll see what happens with him. He's a free agent. Don't know if he'll be coming back to Seattle. He's another guy who, in what seemed to be his final game at home, you know, came out with tears. That was that was a beautiful moment. And Jose Abreu, 788, all with the White Sox, has yet to record an RBI in the World Series, let alone even play there. It's great to see Freddie Freeman getting his first one on the board, coming off one of those notorious lists, so to speak. And again, not his fault if Atlanta doesn't get it done, but he waits 11 years, finally gets the big moment. And it's it's a moment that not all players have an opportunity to get. In fact, 54 Hall of Famers have never played in the World Series. Granted, 23 of those were prior to the first World Series in 1903. Some of the more notable names, first baseman Frank Thomas, the big hurt. No World Series for him. Bounced around late in his career. Oakland, Toronto tried to have some opportunities to go to the series. Didn't happen. Shortstop Ernie Banks, as I said. His teammate at third base, Ron Santo. Nothing. Then a trio of second basemen. Nap Lajway of Cleveland. Rod Carew. Hall of Famer. Rod Carew. We know the song. It's getting to be that time of year to, to hear it again on radio. And another Cub. Ryan Sandberg never got an opportunity in the outfield from left to right. We got Ralph Kiner in center. The kid, Ken Griffey Jr., never got an opportunity in the World Series. And right, Andre Dawson, as well as Wee Willie Keeler at DH. Edgar Martinez, once again, pitchers, some that you might be familiar with. Jim Bunning, senator at one point. Our own, Colorado's own, Roy Halladay. No World Series for him, or rather, no World Series for Roy Halladay. Did throw the perfect game in the postseason, but Philly could not make the series for the third year in a row in 2010. Ferguson Jenkins, Larry Walker's buddy from up there in Canada, the first Canadian to make the Baseball Hall of Fame. Knuckleballer Phil Necro, Gaylord Perry, Lee Smith, and Ted Lyons. No relation. As far as I know. I probably should do a little bit of homework to find out where in the bloodline we are related so I can start claiming that I'm, I'm related to not only a ball player, but a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know where we're connected, Ted Lyons. If you know, if you work for Ancestry.com, we've got subscribers uh, and, and members to DNVR all over the, the world. So if you've got connections over there, I'd love to know if I'm related to Ted Lyons, former Mets catcher, 
Barry Lyons, White Sox, now MLB broadcaster Steve Lyons, let me know. I would love to find out. And Tyler Lyons, he's, he's been the most recent one with the Cardinals. I know he's bouncing around a little bit right now. That wraps another fantastic week of podcasts. Thanks to all my guests this week, Drew Goodman, Kevin Henry, Andrew Mason. Go back and listen to those, particularly Andrew Mason, the super fan. You'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about Atlanta bobbleheads and and Atlanta baseball in general. Kevin Henry was fantastic. A live in-studio show. You can check that out on our YouTube page. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a review for that on the DNVR Sports page. And, of course, every week, you know, we've got our guy from AT&T Sportsnet, the voice of the Colorado Rockies, Drew Goodman. Make sure you are following us wherever you're following folks on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. And you can follow all of our coverage of the Rockies on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. And I'll see you next week.